Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to episode 91 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets, the podcast they said would never make it. They were right. They still do. <laughs> Joined in studio, special guest and close personal friend, Alan Crutch. Andy Brant Bernard. And last but not least, Thomas B. with some great stories about Alan. This could be a super long episode. <laughs> it could be right? a problem. Looking for the exit right Whoa. now? Oh, phone call. we got to take a commercial break and we'll be right back. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom Bernard here with John Schwartz, co-owner with brother Joe of AAA Movers, local and family-owned since 1964. John, can you break down your triple guarantee for our friends that are listening? Uh, I was afraid you were going to ask me that, Tom, but here goes just the same. There's our price guarantee. We don't play games with our price quotes like the other guys. There's our safety guarantee. Your health and safety of items is our number one concern. And our satisfaction guarantee. Bottom line, we're not satisfied with your move until you are. Is there a free thing guarantee? Of course. Mention Tom Bernard or KQ, and you'll get a free moving box kit with every move. And you'll save 50 bucks off junk removal with junk luggers. Ladies and gentlemen, your move is always triple guaranteed with triple A movers. That's our price guarantee, safety guarantee, and satisfaction guarantee. Call 612-588-MOVE or online at aaamovers.com. Triple A movers, you may not move every day, but they do. We are back with episode 91 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Joined in the studio, special guest, good friend, Alan Crutch. Alan and I were the first two corporate directors uh, when Paul decided to centralize the company 14 years ago. Uh, seems like only yesterday, right? I know. It just kind of went like by this. really quickly. Uh, Alan, it's a tradition on the podcast for the guests to tell the story of their very first car. Uh, there's some stiff competition for the, the top spot, but go ahead and see if you can make something up that's listenable. Maybe get into the finals, huh? So I, I was thinking about this. You told me you were going to ask about this, and this will be a shock to you, Doug and Tom, but my teen years are a bit of a blur, as it turns out. <laughs> a little bit of a blur. So I've, I've narrowed it down to three. I don't know which was the first one. I had a yellow Volkswagen Super Beetle, which... I was convinced made me a surfer, even though I was living in Minnesota at the time, at a 67 
dodge something. But the one that, that made me a somebody in my group of three friends was a Corvair Spider, the poor man's Porsche. It had six carburetors. At 60 miles an hour, the front end would start to lift. <laughs> That's not good. It was a little light uh, there, and of course, there was a very famous book. Uh, right. Ralph Now, the Spider was the convertible model, wasn't it? I, yeah, I think so. It was. <laughs> what the hell sure. did you do? It's not for sure. <laughs> Uh, it was fog. breezy. I remember that. It was breezy. <laughs> Alan, the car had no top. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so somewhere in those three was my first one, and I, I can't for the life of me remember. Uh, remember that's which a, well, that's amazing because you're the only person I've ever met that couldn't remember their first car. I well, remember, no, I remember Alex the group. was like that. Alex, Alex was like, either. you know, because everybody, it's universal. They drive three hundred dollar cars. Their dad helps them buy, and you, and they're just. You know, shit piles basically, and all of Alex this was like all I of this can't was. Remember if it was the Jag or the okay, okay. <laughs> right. it was the Jag or the Audi. That's what she yeah. said, right? Like, oh god, yeah, probably had some traumatic experiences with valet parking, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There you go. That's a well. She did honestly had her first Audi. A guy, a, one of her classmates, backed into her trunk lid and put a dent in the trunk. Alex gets out and looks at it, looks at him and goes, don't worry about it, my dad will fix it. Oh, no. It's like, what? <laughs> that's why we have insurance. I don't know if you know that. That's why he has that's insurance. True. Right. Yeah, Jesus. My dad will fix it. Don't worry about it. Like, oh, God. Alan, in, in the first hour, we, for some reason, wound up t- talking about rollerblades. And I, I seem oh. to remember a, a story about you and Tom Ryan and the inventor of rollerblades. Scotty Olson. So this is kind of the beginning of some fabulous career moves by me. I was in the ski business at the time, and there's a big convention in Las Vegas, you know, where all the ski companies come and sell to the ski shops. And somebody set up an appointment with this goof named Scotty Olson. And I sat down, I had a cup of coffee with him, and he said, okay, I've invented this thing. And he put him on. He's in the show floor wheeling around on these things, and I'm looking at him, and he said, you know, I've got U.S. ski team members training on them. I've heard good things about you. I'd like to make you our national sales manager. There's going to be a pretty good package here and some stock. And so this is me, you know, the guy who's so savvy about what's going to happen in the future. No, thanks, Scotty. I'm not going to be involved in rollerblades. You know, why get in on the ground floor? So, uh, yeah, that was the first time that uh, I made a fabulous decision. I looked opportunity right in the face and said, none for me, thanks. You you saved millions in taxes. (laughs) Right. Well, one of the members of the Nagley family stepped in, right? Right. I mean... uh, Bob, Bob became Bob a, Nagley, yeah. became an investor in that company yep. and rode it way up. I mean, for a while, everybody had rollerblades. You go down to yep. the lakes, and oh, it yeah. was uh, wall-to-wall rollerblades. Yep. Um, but I made managed to get out of that unscathed without <laughs> any extra cash. Somehow. I'm glad to hear it. It was a good choice. Good choice. You know, one thing i got to say about Alan is that you, you probably knew it, but Doug and I have talked about it quite a bit. You changed the way I did radio. 
because you were the very first advertiser that sat down with some stupid bastard from the company I was working for. This moron had no idea what he was doing. But he's telling you how it's going to be done, and you literally said, you either support Tom or we're done. You got it? It changed the way I viewed the, the, the business from then on. It was, it was an interesting time because we met with this... Um, <laughs> Idiot. This corporate executive, yeah. Mitt Romney. I mean, <laughs> Mitt Romney, yeah, right. he looked just like Mitt Romney. <laughs> one, one of the evil overlords from the evil. <laughs> yes, there you go, evil overlord. I like it. But at the time, you know, the, the the radio station I think had been acquired by another large radio group, yep. and the first thing they did is said, "Let's stop promoting the morning show." Yeah. Stop the billboard. Stop yep. the media. Oh yeah. And as an advertiser, that didn't feel right. I mean, not that we didn't have confidence, but it was clear that these guys came in to pull some cost out of the deal. And so for us at the time, this idea of being able to kind of hang out with you and connect to an audience and do it live, I mean, we had this idea, which I think is still the right idea, is when you stop selling cars is when you'll stop or when you'll start really selling cars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, talk to yep. people. Tell them what you think. Yep. Let them get to know you and stop the pitching. Everybody knows that the car that's advertised for one ninety nine a month ain't one ninety nine a month. So stop <laughs> doing it. Come on in, and we will tell you the truth. Exactly. And it's likely Toyota hasn't just built their last ever Corolla. Yeah. They probably will find ways to make more. Turns out they want to sell cars next We're month, not too. We're run out. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but that was quite a lunch we had. I forget the guy's name, but uh, and I didn't go in thinking that we're going to light the deal up, but... Yeah, he was such a jerk. Remember what a jerk he was at that lunch? Yeah. He was pretty important, wasn't he? Oh, was he ever? Oh, I'm a big deal. Oh, he was from New York or something. I oh, think. Yeah. 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 And uh, came out here to the prairie to give Tom some radio <laughs> lessons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One so, of, and Doug points out, you're going after him like there's no tomorrow, and I'm laughing my ass off. Yeah, oh, it's great. <laughs> it was the greatest. So well, the, yeah, this is the classic radio tag team where <laughs> the world champion tags off on the little guy who comes over the ropes at the Cumulus Executive. God, what a great So for the listeners time. that don't know the, the whole story, it was at this lunch that at one point Alan said, Here's the deal. We want to do live spots uh, with Tom or we're done. And the guy looked at Alan like, and then he said, well, I'll have to check with the program director. Yeah. And that's when we knew he'd won. Yeah. This guy's the I'll vice president of the company, and he's going to you know, kind of take the advice of some 75 grand a year guy that can't make it on the radio, right? Right. You know what's so funny about this? To this day, Alan, and Doug knows this, that I literally have people calling me go, would you please stop attacking the company? I'm not a huge fan. I'm just not. I never have been. But then the guy who took his place for about 10 minutes, he comes in, and the first thing I hear is, now he doesn't know I'm right around the corner. Different guy. Look just like Mitt Romney, too. Another guy just like Mitt Romney. Two of them. Yeah. Well, you know how those Mormons get around. Well, they don't drink. There's not really much yeah, else to I do. Suppose, yeah. So I hear him around the corner say, uh, one, of the, one of the directors it was said, well, what are you going to do about Tom? Because you turned me into an animal, apparently. Because I just told everybody, yeah, screw you. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how it went after, after that lunch. 
So I heard him around the corner, and he says, don't worry about it. I'll handle Tom. And I went around the corner, and I said, oh, will you? Yeah. <laughs> just walked away. You changed that radio station forever. Oh, you did. that's funny. <laughs> you did. There's no doubt about it because, uh, I mean, Walsh has been with us, what, 14 years on? Yeah. Fourteen I think, years. Well, I think it was longer than that because <laughs> we, we was, started yeah. doing pre-recorded stuff for a couple years before that. I remember the very first yep. script I wrote. You were in the studio and you came in and you never, you know, just cold read it, which I I don't understand how you can do that. Mental and we get illness. halfway through it and there's some line in there about white vinyl belts and fake Rolexes. You just started cracking up and he goes, <laughs> ah, "F, I'm sorry, we'll do it again." I said, "No, no, no." Leave that in. Leave that it is in. the stuff yeah. that people are gonna like. Yep. They don't want to hear. Uh, you know, the McDonald's commercial. We can do that stuff, and sometimes it's appropriate, but not with a KQ crowd. They're, i got to they... tell you, to this day, today, by coincidence, uh, I'm on the phone. I got a call from one of our advertisers, a big new advertiser. I don't want to say who it is because it's still in the early stages, all you the rest of it. You go and tell us. Yeah. Nobody listens but, to this anyway. Right. <laughs> the greatest thing about that, from that lunch and then forward to working with you, um, you know, and Paul, obviously, and Andrew and, and everybody involved, but today I said, well, what we need to do is humanize you, first of all. Right. you got to come on the radio because if I just say your name is, you know, Timmy, they're going to go, oh, that's not even a real person. He's just making somebody up. <laughs> He's pretending fake. they're friends with it. <laughs> but, no, if you come on the air and see that we really are friends, that I really do like working with you, you like working with me, we have these great conversations, it will humanize you. That's what you guys did to KQRS. You humanized the whole radio station. Well, God, and, you know. and it's funny because when I run into listeners, they're like, and you never get this question, but everybody else in your circle, whether it's Brian Zepp or whoever that's worked with your advertisers or Mike Bryan or Dan Chesky, get the same question. What's he really like? Oh, and I as big just a started as messing with people. I said, you know, we're not even we're not even really friends. We're just male. Yeah, exactly. He's exactly really kind right. of an asshole. Really? I said, no. He's exactly the guy that you hear every day on the radio. That's why it's successful and popular. But I mean that 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 lunch did change everything from the to and by coincidence, just today I was talking. We got to do this. Then we got to you know have people come in and and see the operation. Just this is a real place with real people. We really do like one another. It's not radio BS, and and you screaming at them, go go f yourself. Probably kick that whole thing off. Well, I'm just thinking. Here, Doug mentioned it's 14, 15, 16 years. Yeah. Did I sign one of those auto renewable contracts? I think you then? did. Is that why this is going the, on? The auto yeah. renew. Right. We okay. could check with Pat Eberts, but I think he's stockbroker day is Thursday, and he's out at the Can Can club on Minnetonka. Yeah, exactly. So here, here's a funny small world deal. You you mentioned Zepp, who worked on the show uh, at one point. Well, he's, he's back. He's he back is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. No, so, well, it shows you how much I listen to radio in my hometown of Bozeman, Montana. Where he also where he Because works, I yeah. heard him on the radio, and I go, I cannot yeah. escape the guy. <laughs> <laughs> his Bo- Bozeman, I heard, is wonderful. You know... I heard it's wonderful. I, uh, he, he came back, just so you know, he came back on the morning show... Right when COVID hit. Right. So he never moved back to the, the state. So he's like, well, I can do my regular stuff in Bozeman, and then I'll do the morning show. Right. So he's been oh, back for, for about him. a year. Good for him. Yeah, Bozeman is terrific. I, you know, if, if I were to compare it to anything, I'd say maybe it's like like Boulder, Colorado, oh, 30 yeah. years ago, yeah. where people are moving there for lifestyle. Plus, they're bringing some business. You know, our, our governor, uh, Gianforte, our new governor, 
he came to Bozeman, I suppose, 20 years ago with a high-tech company that he then sold to Oracle. So we got a little high-tech community. We got movie stars. There's one on every corner because they all buy ranches out right, there. Right, right. Yeah. My, my, my greatest movie star story, my, my son lives in Bozeman also, and he's got a buddy who has one of these high-end audio stores, Audiophile. And um, truly, some of the most annoying people on the planet. Oh my God! If you if you're having trouble sleeping, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so Michael Keaton, who has a ranch near Bozeman, wheels into the stereo store, and apparently Michael Keaton doesn't know a lot about stereos. He just knows he wants a good one, and he says to the guy, "Do you have Bose speakers?" The guy's very patient because he's selling this high-end stuff. He says, I don't sell bows, but I got the hoop-de-doo, and, you know, the, it's the best sound. It's like a studio. You'll love it. They talk for a little while longer. He says, so, so you don't have bows? The guy says, no, I don't, but let me show you what I got. Finally, Michael Keaton says, well, aren't Bose speakers the best? And without missing a beat, this guy goes, Val Kilmer, the best Batman? Oh, wow. Sold wow. the guy a stereo. Sold the guy a stereo. That's sales, that's salesmanship right there. That is great. See, that's great. That was brilliant. Yeah, it, that was it really was. Smart. It was, absolutely. Uh, humanizing again. That's the whole. Right. Making it human is what it's all about for these people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, in the, yeah, we have a little food co-op, uh, actually not so little anymore, but... I'll run into Glenn Close or somebody in the food cop, right. and nobody will talk to them. You know, they're just regular citizens. And so, yeah, we have that little thing going on in Bozeman. So we got we got movie stars. We got people from California in, that need a fifth house. Uh, that whole crew. <laughs> sure, uh, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, then you got the 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 college kids, and so yeah, we Andy. we love it there. You might want to take a look at Bozeman, Andy. Andy's thinking of moving out west. Any state but this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no longer a member of the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bozeman, uh, Montana has no state tax, does it? Uh, it or has an minimal? income tax, but it has no sales tax. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. There you go. Yeah. But the income tax not that high either. No, no, it's not. Uh, you know, that as more people come in and want more stuff, yeah, and bigger roads. Yeah. That, yeah. That'll indoor toilets. Indoor. <laughs> oh, there you go. All of that. <laughs> Little indoor toilet action. I yeah. was wiring up with this uh, software company that Alan and I are working with. It's a spinoff uh, from Walzer that helps dealers do business online in dealerships. Anyway, it's pretty esoteric. But one of the things we do is we were able to build automated specials for dealers based on their inventory and whatever banks they use. And I was wiring up a dealer in California. Their sales tax is 10.3%. I know. Like, like, holy God. And loaf then of some places are zero. I mean, a loaf of bread's like 12 and 20 bucks. Yeah, well, that giant sucking sound you hear is the people heading from San Francisco oh, to yeah. Austin, Texas, yeah. or oh, Fort yeah. Lauderdale, Florida, <clears throat> or Bozeman, Montana. Yep. They're not and, ruining Fort Lauderdale, are they? <laughs> <laughs> And he doesn't want to doesn't want to hear that one. No. Maybe Tampa. <laughs> yeah, maybe Tampa. There you go. 
It's all on the West Coast. Fort Lauderdale is too close to West Palm Beach for my liking. <laughs> exactly. Noted, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the sign up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, my God. What a world. What a business. Unbelievable. Don't you think? Ask him a question. I've I've seen the show for 15 years. Oh, that's really nice. That's really. I've seen the show for 20 you know, years. We just got to talk was about going, I forgot to do it. I it was in my brain last night. The last time that the three of us went drinking was 2012 on Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> oh God, yes. Uh, with Paul Walzer and Shelley and Pat and like. Tom decided to. I, I, were you remodeling the wine cellar, and we no. had to drink it all that night for well, some reason? I just brought two cases for five people. What's the what's the Alan problem? Recorded Tom in oh, singing, midnight yeah. singing right. at last to Shelley, and sent yep. me a copy of it somewhere. I'm like, I, this would be the time to play it, and I, of course, I totally spaced it out until now. So, uh, did I sound a little tipsy when I was singing? Actually, I was. I remember being fairly impressed that you've got a good singing voice. Fairly you can sing impressed. on key. Not impressed, but fair. Well, this is Minnesota. Let's not get mental here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Tom brought I on. Saved all the organs and I put out the fire. Well, that's not too bad. Two cases of vintage ballast just to keep the boat right. stable. That's exactly what I was right. doing. That's exactly right. For stable, stable riding and. Uh, yeah, let's not call it drinking. Let's call it a wine tasting. It was a wine tasting. <laughs> it was a wine guzzling. <laughs> then we ran into somebody from 93X, too, didn't we? Yeah, it was uh, Nick. Yeah, Nick yeah, was yeah, yeah, at yeah. The, He was at the restaurant, yeah. yeah. He wow. was indeed. But. What a fun night we had. Oh, I mean, God, we laughed nonstop, and Tom favored us with a tune, and then, and we, laughed and then we laughed some more. Laughed some more. Laughed while I was singing, you know, right. it was really good. <laughs> Now, that was a great night. My favorite part of that whole thing was a couple of days later, Doug, he calls me, he goes, Paul came in this morning. He's been researching the wine you brought. Uh, he actually called me the next morning. He oh, goes, Doug, you're down at the boat cleaning out the boat. Do you know what that stuff is we were drinking? And I said, well, by the taste, it was really good wine. And Tom's a bit of a, a, a collector and a fan. He goes, okay, the cheap ones were two fifty a bottle. I'm like, oh, my God. And Paul is, you know, he's wealthy. He's, he's done got really a few well for himself. Yeah, he's done but, okay. That, but he's not one to spend that kind of money on wine up until that night. And now he probably goes totally crazy. It was Kongsgard. We had some Kongsgard uh, Chardonnay. That stuff, oh my God. Yeah, that is wonderful. And I'm not a big Chardonnay drinker, but oh, that no. was like, no, this is really complex. And yeah, it was the judge. Kongsgard, the judge, it's called. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal yeah. wine. It's hard to find, but. What I was concerned about, because I didn't feel too well the next day, is that I thought maybe somebody had slipped something into our 11th bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I felt a little groggy the first, next day. First, they were clean, but then, oh my then God. the Mickey hit. <laughs> okay. There was tell a you. story about Don Shelby quitting drinking, and I think yeah. I've got this right. Uh, the day he realized he needed to quit drinking was the morning he woke up after spending the night with a friend of his, and they drank a $30,000 bottle of wine, and he oh. couldn't remember it. Oh, God. That's a shame. Yeah, that's a signal that you yeah. need to pump the brakes. Yeah. Like, well... <laughs> Dr. Basham. Now, first of all, I, ex I need to ex explain one thing. When I bought that wine, I bought it way in advance, and that wine in general cost me right around 100 bucks a yeah. bottle. No, and I, as it ages, it gets yeah. more valuable. Sure. Well, there was a bottle of Screaming Eagle that yeah. I bought, I think, for like 250 bucks. Basham had never had it, so I said, I'll go open one for you, no big deal. I give it to him. He tips it over, spills the whole thing oh, no. on the floor. Oh. 
And this guy's a surgeon. And he's a surgeon. Yeah, yeah nice hands, Doc. Nice hands, Doc. <laughs> you, 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 you usually don't uh, perform <coughs> surgery while drinking wine. No, <laughs> so there is that. So I go back at my studio because I'm going to grab another bottle of wine. I went, you know, I bought that for a buck seventy-five. I wonder how much it's worth now. Ten grand. You should wow. not have looked. You no, should not have should looked. Not have no. looked. You're right. right. You, it's a friend. It's an honest mistake. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's not look. I should not have looked. You're absolutely right. 175 bucks to ten thousand, and it's now on the floor. Well, but if you think about it, the best case scenario, you drink it, and you know it's gone within what a half an hour. So you know, it's not like you were going to get that ten grand back anyway. Well, I could have sold it though. Well, well actually, but you. You know, we do opened it, so you know, the yeah, intention you know, was to drink it, and yeah. they would be gone. But you know what we did with that wine? Because of that night, this is a true story, I took all the rest of it and donated it to the Smile Network. Oh, good for you. She turned around and sold it. Now, this is wine that probably cost me about 50 grand total. I mean, for tons of it, right? She turned around and sold it for a half a million dollars. Wow. So that's the great that, part. Of that's the a good ROI. use of the juice, yeah, right? That's a good use of the juice, right <laughs> there. I want to tell yeah. my quick favorite Dr. Ralph story before we take a break. So we're in Vegas on the morning show deal, and, and Shelly took us out to that really nice Italian restaurant. I don't remember what the name of it was. Oh, in, in Vegas? Yeah. It was. Um, was it was it at the Golden Nugget or was it the I don't, was I, it Prime or any of those? I can't remember. God, great Italian. Recipe. Anyway, my wife is sitting next to Dr. Ralph, and he's going on and on and on and Not on for Dr. about fifteen Ralph. to twenty minutes. Hard my, to believe. And and he finally comes up for air and says, and Sarah goes, uh, Dr. Ralph, I have a question. She goes, What, Sarah? Goes, when do we get to talk about me? <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll be right back after these exciting announcements. Love it. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and love their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. Hey, it's Tom again for my good friends at Profile by Sanford. I'm all in with my profile journey, and I'm happy to tell you that I've lost weight, and I'm keeping it off. Lost a lot of weight, man. So what's the secret to my success? One word. Coaching. I have the best. Danette has been amazing. The support she's given me, along with Kelly, is the best ever because they keep me accountable and will be with me every step of the way. Now, don't get me wrong. There's really no magic pill or easy button to push. If you want to lose weight and keep it off, it takes some work. Profile's coaches are truly there to help educate and motivate you to your goal. Profile has helped tens of thousands of people like me, and they can help you too. I got to tell you, the results for me have been really amazing, and I'm telling you, I do feel great. So don't wait any longer. Call today or visit ProfilePlan.com for a location near you. Oh, and 
Mention promo code KQRS for a special discount. ProfilePlan.com. That's ProfilePlan.com. You guys mind if I do something? Because I just, it, it just struck me that meeting where, where it was Kim Valentini running Smile yeah. Network, right? And she announced that the wine that I had given her, or Catherine and I had given her, went for this. And it, it literally helped like 1,000 people because it's yeah. 500 bucks a person. So it, you know, $500,000. So for those that don't know, the Smile Network uh, donates uh, uh, surgery to kids with cleft palates and stuff like that all yes, over they, the world right. and stuff. It's really yeah. a great organization. Next part, she told me, so I just thought I'd kind of take it and riff on it. Some people thought it was really funny. Other people were horrified. <laughs> That's kind of your whole career. Yeah, right. it kind of is. There's nobody in the middle. So she's telling this story about this guy, 80-year-old guy who walked like five, six miles someplace in Guatemala to go meet up with him because he had a cleft palate. He's yeah. 80 years old. And he comes and he asks for the surgery. And the doctor said, well, we usually don't operate on people your age. It's usually for younger people. But... You know, we're about to leave, so as long as you're here, you know, why don't we get this done? And they said, well, why do you want, after 80 years, why do you want to change now? And he said, I have never eaten a meal with another human being. I've always had to eat alone because people won't eat with me because I spit a lot of my food out. That's heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking, touching story. Yeah. So I'm going to lighten the moment, (laughs) you know, because it's too sad. And I said, well, it really did work out because eventually he, he did have... The surgery, they fixed his cleft palate, but the bad news is he nobody will still eat with him because he's an asshole. <laughs> Some people are like, oh, my God. That's like the old Jewish grandmother joke. He had a hat? Yeah, he had a hat. Yeah. I, the looks. Some people are roaring laughing. Other people are like, oh, my God, you're a horrible person. Like, come on, you don't even know the guy. He's probably making that shit up anyway. What's the difference? <laughs> Uh, uh, come on, he's 80 years old. I'm not eating with you. You're a jerk. That was never the problem. <laughs> God. So it's a different world, isn't it? Hey, look at the time, folks. The yeah. banquet's over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the banquet kind of wrapped up after that one. No doubt about it. Uh, in any case, it just... Uh, it's so great to have you in studio because I did see you. It was about three years ago. You, you and your lovely wife were taking a walk around uh, uh, Lake Harriet. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we were strolling, uh, as were you, and uh, mm-hmm. a chance encounter. It was. Uh, it's always fun when you see people out of context. Yeah. It's well. It looks like Tom, but there's no headphones. So I, <laughs> I still think it's him. I think it is. He doesn't have headphones on though. <laughs> That's true. No, it was very, very pleasant. But, you know, we talk about you once in a while on the show, and it just, that whole thing just lined up so nicely. Because if you remember, I had been doing Dodge for a long time with Gary Holman, yeah, sure. who I think the world of. I love yeah. Holman. Well, th- those things we always loved when we were at Walzer. We, right. we always, you know, listened to the morning show, and, you know, it, it was this kind of long relationship you had with Dodge. Yep. yep. And so when Dodge change plans some jerk in detroit yeah, right. took yeah. a left basically ruined the company <laughs> right yeah. well he did but we were on it like the next week yeah in yeah, terms absolutely. of how can we hop in where this other car company was with a local 
car dealership and start to do something different. And, uh, you know, there was such an intersection between your audience and the people that Walzer enjoys as customers. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's one of those things that it was all done on instinct. Neither you nor Doug or I planned too much other than we just had a feeling, this will probably work. Yeah. And sometimes it does. But 14 years later, we're telling sailor stories of Paul's boat on Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, that's very, very true. It's, uh, it's <laughs> interesting. In that same time, a similar thing happened. A guy who had worked for the company a long time and one of my mentors, Jack Lucking, had been doing radio spots with Dave Lee. And they were yeah. very popular with the CCO morning crowd. Sure, and, sure. and they were live call-ins. It's kind of where we got the idea. I mean, they were really only a minute or so long, but... Um, you know, like at that time, minutes now. <laughs> right. the walls are hour. The walls are hour. But at that time, I think it was Mick Anselmo who got the great idea yeah. to brand the studio and then try to sell it. So I'm sitting in a, a dealer ad meeting with all the Buick GMC owners in town, and Mick comes in and pitches them and closes them on the first call. And I'm thinking, you dumb MFers, you're just paying for our own advertising because <laughs> Dave and Jack were tight as tigers right, and so that was just right. the association and so every time they said live from the Buick GMC studios we're like and Dave. here's Walzer <laughs> yeah, yeah and here's Walzer ladies and gentlemen I, was he the first uh, who, who invented that studio branding thing you I know? don't even that's know. some cumulus uh, scheme wasn't it I where they doubt it. where they figured okay how do we get more revenue out of everything let's <laughs> sell a sign in the it? studio Other than just ripping it off of the radio station. We've already hacked at the disc jockey salaries. Underpaid underpaid people. (laughs) Cut the benefits. Unbelievable. You know, one thing I will tell you guys is going to ruin this for everybody for the rest of time. Mm. But I know a lot of people in the car business. You guys are pretty damn nice people. You really are. I mean, thank you. Well, you know, Jim Paul, I think the world. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. You got, you know, you go down the list of all the different people that that I've. Car people to me are terrific. Well, I would say this town is unusual. <laughs> this town is full of nice people. I, I've been to car dealers in most <laughs> of the states. I'll give you an example, Tom. In Florida, you know, Florida has no regulations for anything. Right, you can right. walk your dog without a leash. I mean, there's yeah. no rules there yeah, whatsoever. It is not unusual. You'll go into a Toyota dealer, and there'll be a $25,000 Toyota Camry. There'll be a sign on the windshield that says, plus $995 for nitrogen in the tires, plus $2,000 worth of scotch. They'll mark them up another $6,000 and just see if some dummy falls in. And then hit you with the $800 dock fee after you've paid for all that Right. So by statute in Minnesota, a car dealer is allowed to charge $125. I think it's $125 for administrative fees. We've got all this paperwork to file. Yeah, yeah. That could be $1,800 in Florida. Oh, God. So, I mean, the, it, because they are near the ocean, they're near the Caribbean, there is still some pirate blood, apparently, <laughs> left yeah. in the car well, business. that's true. But, yes, this town is full of nice people. And I, I think Walzer may have had some influence with the way they do business. I think so, There's other yeah. good... 
So that just kind of became the norm. If you're going to compete, Maury Wagner's one of the nicest yes. people on the planet. Yeah, that's what and David Luther is too. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're all good guys. So uh, yeah, this is a good place to shop. Good place to shop for about Danny. Danny Luther's my the favorite. golf professional. <laughs> the golf professional. I love Danny. Danny's the, he's I, an unusual I, cat. I think I only met him once. Good so. guy. He's an unusual guy, but he's a very nice man. No doubt about it. Yeah, as opposed to us normal guys here sitting around the table. Well, not you, hot yucks. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different deal. But no, I have. I literally have throughout my life car dealers, and I've always gotten along with with car people. I don't know why that is. Well, they're kind. They're you know, if you're good at it, you're a salesperson, and salespeople right. right. naturally attract a lot of people because you tend to be high verbal skills and engaging, yeah, that's and true. able to tell stories, all the kind of stuff that that. That prevent that, that yeah. profession attracts. You got to have a certain amount of charisma to be yeah. in the business, I think. Yeah. Although Alan just ruined my day because he just thought of something. Uh-oh. I bought an older Jaguar, 2014, from from Walzer. Yeah, just terrible car. Terrible car. A ton of miles on. Oh, super like old. Gross. Billy Ward found this thing in an estate sale in Florida. Like, it was like 4,000 miles. How did you? Something. And he goes. It's a nice car. Just sell it to them. Okay, in Bill. Florida, that's not that unusual. They buy it probably a luxury isn't. car and yeah. they just park it in the garage. And then yeah, they don't drive decade. it. That's true. Yep. Oh, so yeah. here's the great part. What you just said. Every year I go to Florida, and every year it costs me about two thousand dollars to get the tires aligned <laughs> yeah. and the this and the that. It's about two grand every year. So there's like, somebody in Florida marking their calendar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My wife wants a new boat. Yeah. Oh, Tom's coming. Tom's coming. No problem. Oh, yeah. We'll take care of it. Yeah, you're We're right. Using, about that. We've you converted right. your car to English nitrogen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. That'll be five grand. Thank you very much. No, it's I don't find that here at all. I, people are really well. You said the Mercedes people mm-hmm. are, are the nicest people in the damn world. Uh, all of them. I, everybody ever. Yeah, run I connected into. them with Mike Rader for a little oh, yeah. service. Yeah, on the, great guy. Yeah, the really Raymond Redmond Mobile. He's rolling around in now. <laughs> Anderson Cadillac. The people over there. Yeah. I had an Alante for a while. They couldn't have been nicer people. Yeah. I, I I have not had a problem with car sales. I never have. Not to throw rocks at him because he did some time in prison and paid his debt, but there was a time when there was, and it made marketing easier. When the Hecker organization was out alive and running, it was a pretty good way to say, yeah, we're, we don't do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, we that, don't, that was our marketing true. slogan, not them. Not them. <laughs> we don't do that. There's no question about it. Oh, remember that good people helping good, good people? people and good oh, people helping good people. Wow. You never want to say something like that. No. Because it means you're not a good right. person. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> if Trust you, me, I'm honest. If you have to say it, it can't it, be true. Exactly. That's exactly well, it's kind of like, would life. you trust a guy... You go up to him and you're like, oh, hi, uh, so my name's Andy. Uh, what do you do? Well, I don't kill babies. <laughs> right. It's like, well, hey, why, write, write why that are you down, saying Alan. that? Why are you saying that right now? Yeah. The, if, you no, have to, if you feel the need to point out like what you don't do or what you do, how good you are, there's usually a reason for that. Yeah. I agree with that. Who was Plukey Duke's buddy over there in uh, Roseville? Oh, oh, he did a little um, time, didn't he? Well, it was the Long Brothers. Yeah, it was it? the Long Brothers. That's where Long Cadillac. That's right. Yeah, Dick had a tough run, boy. He, you know, he's a he was an ex St. Paul cop that started that's that dealership, yeah. and, and a really just a wonderful guy. But within one year, I, you know, the feds came in and locked up his general manager and the yeah, finance manager. I remember that? Yeah. And he had a 
kid who was involved with Pluky Duke. He was a big Coke dealer, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He used to fly it into, uh, like, Becker, Minnesota yeah. or someplace like that. Drop bales it's, it's of it right out of an airplane. Fargo, oh, it is. Right? It's right out of Fargo. Absolutely. And then, sadly, another kid, a son of his, got seriously injured at Ooh, Grand Old Days. Really? Because uh, he was standing under a light pole in a crowd of 80,000 oh, people. Oh, God. And the whole light assembly came loose and hit him in the head. Oh, Jesus. It didn't kill him, but... Boy, I he didn't a, know that. And then his wife died of cancer. This is all within Jesus. a few years. Jesus, nice like, run, Dick. Okay, I've had enough. Yeah, uncle. Enough kicking me in the stomach. Is that okay? Is that and I, th- work I for think you? Wally McCarthy bought that franchise from him at yeah, that point. Right. He just had it was it was tough because he was a, he was a good person and surrounded what's, by a few people that made bad decisions and other ones that just had terrible luck. What's Wally's son's name again? Wally, Wally uh, Jason. Jason, I think he got pissed off because I, I called him Wally McCartney. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know what the hell your name is. How do I know? He's McCarthy, not pissed. McCarthy. I can tell you he's not pissed at you anymore. Well, I know Jason good. pretty that's well. Good. And he calls me just out of the blue, maybe once or twice a year, kind of shoot the breeze. And Does he? He says, yeah, I hear that stuff with you and Tom. It's so good. I, well, I wish really we could nice have done that. Really nice of him. I said, well, you know, your dad kind of started all that sort of stuff. He probably did. In a sense. Um, you know, talking about events and not anyway. Who was the guy that used to do, this is a four by four? I think that, that you asked that a while ago. I think that was Harold Peterson from Harold Peterson's downtown Chevy. Was town. it really? Right, like a block west of Mousies, if I remember right. A block west <laughs> of Mousies, really? <laughs> nice landmark. Yeah, yeah nice You couldn't landmark. have even gone for Moby Dick's? Yeah. <laughs> no. That'd be, that'd, that'd be on 8th Street. Mousies was, what, 13th in Hennepin? In Hennepin, yeah. yeah. I told you by one experience there at Mousies, didn't I? Go ahead and tell. Alan hasn't heard this. this so is we're driving story. down Hennepin Avenue. I'm going down to do a voiceover. And there are these this couple making out in front of Mousies. And he's grabbing her body parts and you know It can happen. Can happen. (laughs) Right. She's grabbing his body parts. They're they're all over one another, right? And they're just so I go, Christ, whatever. So I go, I cut the commercials, I get back in my car, I'm going the other way on Hennepin. The woman's gone. The man is lying face down on the sidewalk, <laughs> squeezing his hands together and humping the ground. I'm like, oh my God. They poured potent cocktails in houses. <laughs> Apparently, oh, they for did. not a lot of money. You could get an honest drink there. That's right. Oh, <laughs> yes. The carousel and mousies, right? Oh, well, remember, carousel. Dave Moore loved mousies. He'd bring it up on his TV show all the time. I don't remember that. I, oh, I don't remember that either. Don't you? Oh, Dave Moore used to bring mousies. He did the Dave Moore. Bedtime news, it was called. Yeah. Right? And he always said, Yeah, we were down at Mousy's last night. <laughs> I was like, Really? Okay, Dave. Actually, it was the court bar. You're lying because I know you go to the court bar, so don't say it was Mousy's, all right? But, you know, just, oh, God. So, what did happen to all the downtown deal? Did the real estate just come too valuable downtown? Yeah, and, and not enough of it. You know, as yeah, dealerships got not, bigger. Yeah, and, you know, when the, when the auto industry started in the U.S. and really got going in the 30s and then after World War uh, II, most people just bought one car. I mean, yeah, we had one car, yeah. the whole family had one car, and now it's, you know, it's multiples and multiples. And so there's just not enough real estate downtown. And, you know, the uh, the other place was University Avenue and Lake Street. There right. A lot of dealerships oh, God, there. Yeah, but absolutely. once they opened up the freeways and they discovered Richfield and Bloomington, it was yep. just the exodus started. Because there's just not enough land. You can't yeah, have Yeah, that a makes sense. Like Hansard, Pontiac. Right. And, yeah, Hansard was one of the downtown. It was ones. one of the downtown. And they didn't have any. They had like one city block. That yeah. Was about 
about yeah. it. But they had a, built a parking <clears throat> ramp that was 10 yeah. stories or so. That's yeah, where they, they did, kept right. all their inventory. And that was fun. <clears throat> my, one of my old bosses ran that for a long time. And I'd go down and visit them from time to time. And in that parking ramp, because they were a Jaguar and Pontiac store. Yeah, it was the right. weirdest. weirdest combo. Yeah. It was. I think it was Jaguar and Pontiac. Yeah, but they would right. store customers' old classic Jags for free in the oh, parking really? ramp in the wintertime. So oh, you, it was like that. a free museum. It's like, wow. And Jags are gorgeous cars. They, they always are. have been. No, they always have been. They've never made anything that went, oh, I don't think so. I always wanted an XKE when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I always oh, yeah. wanted an X. Never got one, but I always wanted no, one. The lights always go out in them. They had just these bad electric lights. Right. That, that was the joke in the car business. You would ask, does that Jaguar have a Lucas electrical system? Lucas was a supplier. Right. Sure. Lucas was affectionately known as the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's in not going to work. That's there's not gonna a work. great scene in Mad Men where, um, what's his name? Um, John Hamm. No, no, no. He's the English guy. His dad's a famous actor. Oh um, yeah, didn't he end up hanging himself in it or something? In the in the show. Yeah. But but at what first, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah. The wife wants to send the kids to private school and then buys him a Jaguar for his birthday, and he's flat broke. He doesn't have any money, so he goes out to the Jaguar, takes the hose, hooks it up to the tailpipe through the window, sits behind the driver's seat, and is going to kill himself. Right. Car won't start. Car won't start. <laughs> well, that did happen back in the day. I mean, not making fun of a suicide because it's certainly no. serious. It's a. It was an inside slam at Jaguar. Yeah. So. I don't know. Uh, I owned Harris. a few. Of them. I always loved uh, Harris. What's his first it name? It is. Yeah, you're remember. right. Remember, he was in Chernobyl. He was just terrific. It wasn't like Nigel Harris or something like that. I can't was remember. it? Remember, I I could see the guy's Jared face. Jared Harris. Jared Harris. There, there you go. Very good, Andy. Thank you. Another episode of Andy Looks Up Shit on the Internet. Exactly. <laughs> these people are too old and can't remember anything. Special guest star, Google. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't so know. Let me ask you an advertising trend question because this is really your, uh, your, your wheelhouse. We've been talking about the, the value of traditional advertising. What's new in the digital world? What, is it ever going to get uncloudy? It just seems to be getting worse. Yeah, it's, it's complicated, and it's going to become a little bit more complicated because of new privacy regulations and what uh, Apple is doing where they're not allowing people to track the visitors to an app after they leave one app and go to another app. So what's really been happening over the last few years is just this hyper-targeting. So when... When they target an audience, they know if you got an American Express card, they know what kind of car you bought. Mm -hmm. And I think as the general public learns more about this, they get less and less comfortable with everybody knowing who they are. Now, the advertiser says, we're going to give you targeted ads that you want to see. We're not going to give you any trash. But almost nobody likes advertising. I mean, we we watch right. Super Bowl ads. But, right, right. But that hasn't changed. Most people, if you're reading the New York Times online, I don't want to see any ads. I want to read whatever the article is. So I, I think the, the privacy thing is, is going to change. The other thing that's happening is the kind of native content, which maybe that's what we're doing here today. I'm not sure. Where rather than saying, you know, buy from me because my name's Honest John and I never lie, right. cars will never be cheaper, you try to help the customer. 
let me help you buy a car. Let me help you understand what a good price would be. Let me give you some impartial information. So I think that as time goes on, there's that. But advertising is magic. I mean, it's still magic. It is. You know, when you see some piece of creative where people go, well, that's kind of cool. And, and this is happening not in the conscious part of your brain where you say, i got to have that. Most people aren't rational. But, mm, yeah. you know, we end up with the fancy sneakers, and we end up with a Jaguar, not an Audi. We end up with a Chevrolet pickup, not a Ford pickup. Right. And it's all this imaging that we're consuming all of the time. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's changing a lot with the technology right now, and that's, that'll be the big trend. You know what's amazing to me about that is digital advertising i find much more annoying than broadcast advertising television or radio and here's why um i'll give you an example because i tr- i watch all the news i read all the news sites that yeah. kind of deal if i go on on the cnn site or msnbc site or whatever fox has pop-up ads at, yeah. at, at a rate you can't even stand to look at their mm-hmm. website how do they not know you're driving people away from your website? I mean, you're trying to read exactly what you were talking about. You're reading the text, and all of a sudden there's an ad over the text. Don't do that to people. No, it's, it's this theory that if I hit you in the face enough times, yeah. maybe you'll buy something from yeah. me. Yeah, there, there must be some part of that that works. But but I, I agree. I mean, I the, you get to the point with some of these where you go, I'm making a note. Yeah. You're off my list. You're done. I know you're absolutely right. One good thing about TV and radio is you know when the ads are coming. Right. So when they do come, you're not so annoyed. On digital, you never know when the ads are coming, and that's really annoying. Yeah, they're all sneak attacks. They that's are sneak attacks. It pisses me off to no end. you got one minute left, pal. It is amazingly effective, though, because there are times when is it? Okay. I'll be thinking about buying something Maybe on Amazon, apart for a boat or what, whatever it is, doesn't really matter. But I don't do it, and then for the next week or two, mm-hmm. you just it's like you get these tugs on your shoulder. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> and yeah. I would say twenty percent of the time, it's like you know, I, I actually do need that. So yeah, okay. So I mean, it <laughs> is, it's not it. without. It's it's not we're, that they're doing. We're it really powerless. Do. We're powerless. Yeah, I know. I'm a I'm a sales guy, so yeah, I'm always a now. total lay down. I, it's just terrible. We are now. What are you gonna do? Look at that. Man, we're done. That was like the quickest hour in the history of the... Well, you said that was going to happen. Yeah. Well, my, <laughs> you literally my, my said job, I, I didn't know how my back was going to feel. I was just going to come in and introduce Alan and sit back and go, okay, that's the end of the show. So <laughs> well, that's pretty much worked. what it was. <laughs> it pretty much worked like a jar, man. <laughs> that wraps up episode 91 of Car Selling Secrets from Walzer Automotive Group. Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. I have no idea who we're going to have as a guest, but I'm sure that they'll be half as interesting as my good friend Alan. <laughs> there you go. See you, everybody. See you.